Hey there, broken salespeople. Welcome to the workshop. My name is Red Staffstrom, and today we are here to help you fix your broken sales skills. I didn't plan on this episode. Um, this is one that came up, and I felt like I needed to say something about it. I needed to talk a little bit more in depth about what I see. Last week was the election, the general election here in the United States, in case you're listening internationally, um, as if anybody didn't know about that. In the fallout of the election, um, another social media platform became really, really popular called Parler, P-A-R-L-E-R, Parler. Um, And I'm here to tell you whether it's good for sales or not whether it's a tool that you should be using every day. Um, I'm going to try and keep my own personal politics out of this as much as possible. Um, But I want to discuss whether it's something that you should be on, whether it's something you should be using, um, because there are going to be positive sides to this. Um, But I don't know whether it's the right thing for you. So before we get into Parler, I kind of need to lay out what the media landscape looks like, the social media landscape looks like. Um, There are the big five in my mind. There are five social media platforms that dominate the majority of bandwidth. Um, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube. Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube. Those are the big five. They are the ones that most people are familiar with. So what is social media? Social media is just a way for people to stay connected on the internet. Um, That is a very, very loose definition. Most websites that have a comment section could probably be filtered under social media. It's designed to be a place where people could communicate with one another, share opinions, share what they like, what they don't like, um, and just talk to one another. I mean, you could consider the Washington Post social media because of their comment section. You can consider Spotify a social media because of their comment section, because the ability to share playlists. It's very looser definition. They're not pure social media plays. They have something else that they're selling, but they do have a social media aspect. So I want to make sure you guys understand how broad this topic can be overall. The safest way to explain social media in a metaphor is as a party. Think of each platform like its own party. Um, Instagram is all the pretty girls who like to take selfies. Uh, Facebook is a family reunion where you're getting back in touch with people you don't see very often. You know, the cousin who you only see once a year. That's Facebook. Um, LinkedIn is like that office Christmas party where you network or like a BNI group where you're just chatting with one another and we're networking and how can I help you, good fellow? Twitter is for the people who are constantly looking at their phones, the attention deficit information addicts. Um, Not my favorite platform, if you couldn't tell. Um, It's a good platform for what it does, but it's light on the information and heavy on the information at the same time. It's just not quite my favorite. Works great for comedy, though. I will say that. I love Twitter for comics. And the last one is YouTube. YouTube is really about how-tos and deep dives into information. Um, Yes, there's some 
entertainment value too, but at least for me, the majority of what I see on YouTube is either a lot of how-to videos, a lot of um, informational deep dives into information, lecture style information. Um, that's a big, big part. Like the maker community in particular um, is a big, big thing in YouTube. Maybe it's just because I'm a maker myself. I'm Again, I do this in my workshop. Um, but that's just my impression of it. Um, yes, there's some entertainment value. Yes, you could watch old SNL um, bits on there. there. There's parts of that, but that's really the core demographic. That's what you see the most profit on is deep dives, how-tos, and some entertainment stuff with YouTube. And I could be wrong. Don't. Th this is not the overall point of the podcast this time. So you think of these like those five parties, the models, the family reunion, the professional office party, the ADD kids, um, and the creators. Where does Parlor fit in? Now, for those of you guys who don't know what Parlor is, it's kind of a mimic of Twitter with no free, street, uh, no free speech restrictions at all. None. Um, there is, at Parlor, you can say anything at all you want. Um, doesn't matter if it, the theory has been debunked. It doesn't matter if um, it's something you just made up, if it's just a thought that crossed through your head. There is, you can yell fire in a crowded theater on Parlor. You can't do that on other platforms. So let's get into the legality a little bit. So I want you to also... The way the law is written as of now is these platforms have the right to police the comments the way they see fit, to police the user base the way they see fit. They are seen as publishers. Now, if I'm a writer for the New York Times, that doesn't mean that everything I write gets published. It's the same thing. Um, just because I have a Twitter account does not mean Twitter necessarily has to approve it. Now, if what they're selling overall is free speech and being able to get your opinions out there, get your opinions out to the masses, their impotence, I said that impetus is, um, that was a little Freudian, their impetus is to let you say that until it becomes toxic. Because once your information starts ruining the user experience of too many other people, they need to protect the users overall. Um, that's their thought process behind the censorship that they do. Um, and make no mistake, it is censorship. But there is a difference between a private institution in, um, using censorship, like a Twitter or a Facebook, some capitalist function, or the government using censorship. The government should have no rights with censorship. A private organization should. That, that's, again, a very quick look into the way the law works and the way my own personal ideology works. Um, if just because I publish a blog does not mean I have to let everybody write for me because it's mine. Um, Twitter's the same way. Because they publish all this information does not mean they have to give everybody access 
to speak. If you agree with it or not, that's not the point that I'm trying to make at the moment. The fact is that's the way it is as it's written today. Can it change? Absolutely. But as written today, they have the right to do what they want with their users. Um, And this makes sense. Um, Think about if you have an online gaming community focused towards kids. Um, I'm thinking about Nintendo, for instance. You don't want somebody going on their Nintendo playing games and screaming the N-word over and over again. Not Nintendo. You want to protect people. So you would call out for Nintendo to police that kind of behavior. I'm okay with that. Parlor, their big call to action, their big benefit that they promote is the ability to allow people to say whatever they want. So now let's look at it in the party context. These people have been kicked off of Instagram, kicked off of Facebook, kicked out of LinkedIn, kicked out of Twitter, kicked out of YouTube because they've been viewed as toxic. They were saying things, whether extremely far right, extremely far left, extremely hateful, extremely violent, whatever the reason, they were kicked out of those five parties. And now they found their way into the sixth. See, Parler is not the same as TikTok, even though they're both fairly new and they've grown very, very quickly. The problem is Parler's big, big call to action, their niche, their ideal customer is the people who got kicked out of every single party. Whether that's the right thing or the wrong thing, that's not for me to decide. What I can tell you is I don't see that demographic behaving well. If they've pushed the limits of all the other platforms out there, they're going to try to push the limits of Parler too. And eventually one of two things is going to happen. Either it becomes a mad zone, um, a crazy subreddit that's got big funding behind it, or they have to eventually police the, the rules in order to protect user experience. They start protect, like policing the rules, a bunch of people are going to leave. That's the issue. Um, Parler is not like TikTok. Parler, TikTok is really focused on helping on young people, on positivity. It's about dances for Christ's sake. It's about showing things off. It's about really quick shots of humor, being able to make somebody laugh in 30 seconds or less. That's what TikTok is about. It's about mostly joy of sharing your talents. Parlor is about being the last game in town, the last bar that doesn't kick you out. I'm not a fan of Parlor. Um, it's not one that... I expect to use in the near future. With that said, I reserved my name. (laughs) Um, I'm willing to believe what I believe, but I'll I'll cover my bases in in case it turns into something I'm not expecting.
and I'm willing to say mea culpa and admit that I was wrong. 100% I'm willing to do that. So what about from a sales aspect? What do you think of Parler? Well, if you have a very niche person, a very niche clientele, if you sell political, if you do political fundraising, you need to be on Parler because those are the people who are going to give everything they can to stop the other, whether it's the far right, far left, you need to be on Parler because that's where the most invigorated members of your base are going to be. If you sell other highly politicized things, yeah, you may want to be on Parler. For the majority of us, people who sell goods and services that do not have a political lean one way or the other, there are better uses of my time. Um, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube. I'd much rather be on these. I'd much rather be on TikTok even because of all of those, they have a much more positive user experience. At least I can see them having a much more positive user experience than a bunch of aspiring conspiracy theorists. Um, That's just not a party I want to hang out at. And it's not really a party I want my customers hanging out at either. It's not somewhere where I want to pull people from. I could be wrong. um, And I'm willing to admit that if I am in six months, if it turns into the platform that I want it to be, that I, I wish it could be, absolutely, I'll hop on. Um, But seeing as that it's Twitter with all the booted people from the other platforms, I I don't see myself moving in that direction at any given point. Um, You're much better off focusing on one of the other big six, if you can count TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, because their return is going to be much better. Um, Their user experience is going to be much better, at least in the short term. Long term, that may change. Um, And I know some of you guys are saying, well, don't you want to be early? Don't you want to be an early adopter? Make sure you start growing your database as quickly as possible. If it's the right fit, yeah. But I don't think this is, at least it's not for me. It's not a place where I see myself growing. could be different for you. And if it is, I wish you all the best in the world. I, I, I don't want this to be a political statement. I don't want this to be an argument. That's not what this is about. I just see there is way more opportunity in the other six platforms that I have mentioned. Um, in particular, like, I understand the argument of hey, you could come out and be one of the first to stake land and you could get a following very, very quickly because there aren't many people here. I get it, but it's not like it's that crazy hard. Like Instagram is still virgin territory in many ways. Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, there's still a lot of followers to be had if you provide the right content. It's not like it's any easier to go to parlor. It's any harder to go to one. It's just about knowing the game and know what they want to target people to. I I don't see myself using parlor. 
I, I really don't. And I'm willing to admit that I'm willing to be wrong. <laughs> One day I may say that and I'll eat my sour grapes then. But for those of you guys who are not sure, I, I wanted to give you my opinion, give you the rundown and how I see it from a sales perspective as purely as I can. It's difficult to remove the politics from a platform like Parler because it's basically founded on politics. They have to be your core demographic. They have to be your ideal customer avatar. If they're not, don't subject yourself to that. <laughs> don't go there in my mind. There's places that'll help you be happier. There's places that will help you keep a positive mindset, which is one of the hardest things to do in sales. I don't see reading theories about pedophiles as a fun time, like a fun activity to kill time. I never read conspiracy theories about pedophiles and feel happier about the world. I'm not going to risk my mindset for that. Whether it's true or not, I'd rather be ignorant. I could be wrong there. So um, I know this isn't what I normally do and got a, I was a little more emotional than I normally would be on a topic like this. Um, but I hope this helps. I hope you guys can kind of see parlor from a different angle other than just virgin grant, like virgin ground for you to claim. Make sure you know what you're getting into. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed. Once again, if you've liked this podcast, please take the time to leave a review. It really helps. I would really appreciate anything you guys can do, any comments that you could pass forward. Um, you can also reach out to me, brokensalespeople.com slash connect. You could find me on all the platforms there-ish. <laughs> Not quite all of them. Um, but you could find me there, brokensalespeople.com slash connect. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time, go fix yourself. <laughs>